0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the in Science Podcast. I am Stevie and today I am discussing the World Cup with my good friend Nick. You can follow him on Twitter at Squanto8. How are you, Nick?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am uh, very excited about the World Cup. I can't wait. It's only tonight is uh, Tuesday night, so it's only... Two days away, less than 48 hours for the opening game in Moscow. Um, So I couldn't be more excited as, you know, I'm a lifelong soccer fan. So the World Cup is a huge deal for me.
1: Yeah, I would like to think that it's a big deal for me. Probably one of the few people here in the United States that still care. But um, even with the U.S. out, which is very disappointing, it's hopefully we'll have a good tournament and people will watch and soccer will continue to grow, et cetera, et cetera.
0: (laughs) Do you have a team to root for now that the U.S. is not going to be in the tournament?
1: Uh, So if you follow me on Twitter for the last six years, everyone knows that I'm a sucker for France. I I love that team. But um, I also like to think that when uh, the golden generation of Belgium was around uh, when they were 18, 19, I I picked them up pretty early too. So I'll be rooting pretty hard for Belgium objectively.
0: Interesting. I have been kind of falling in love with this Belgium squad more and more. So maybe we we can start there at Group G. Um, What do you make of it? It seems like it's very top heavy with England and Belgium. Do you think either Panama or Tunisia have a shot at advancing?
1: Uh no. <laughs> uh yeah, so I think uh, one of the interesting things about the tournament as a whole is that a lot of these groups are pretty top heavy. Um the Asian contingent is pretty bad. The African contingent is like this, you know, these feel good stories with Salah and everything with Liverpool this year. Um but no, it's this is a two two man race. It's it's Belgium and England and actually in a really nice turn of events they're the last group or the last group match for that group um, so they'll be playing for everything for that game and that number one uh, place in the group is definitely important when you, you go into the bracket in the knockout stages in 16.
0: It's interesting because I'm not sure who is going to win group H I think that one is probably the one where realistically three teams can win it so Uh, I don't think G1 or G2 is going to be that important just because uh, whoever comes out of H1 or H2 is going to be probably interchangeable from the first place. Um, That being said, I think those two teams, Tunisia and Panama, are being valued kind of the same and I think they are a cliff apart. I think Tunisia is going to surprise a couple of people. I'm not saying they are going to qualify, but I think they could give England a pretty good game and I think they are substantially better than Panama. I think this Panama team is uh, much worse than the team four years ago that almost qualified uh, but got their dreams destroyed by a couple of late U.S. goals. So um, I think that's probably one game I'll be looking to bet is that Tunisia-Panama game at the end. but I haven't decided. Uh, what do you think about Group H, Nick? Do you have a horse in
1: that one? Um, so I definitely agree with the that uh, there's three teams that could win that group. Uh, Los Cafeteros, man. They have a good pedigree. They've been in the World Cup before. They have some quality players. Uh, I think they could really surprise a couple of people. And when they were in Brazil in 2014, they stunned everyone, right? They went to the quarterfinals and arguably could have advanced over Brazil um, if they had let in that, uh, I forget the central defender, it was the captain. He scored that goal onside, to, would have tied it 2-2. But they ruled it offside, of course, because Brazil. Uh, but they, I think they, they could have a legit shot at surprising Belgium or England.
0: Yeah, I still remember that uh, round in the last World Cup because there were like a couple of really unfair results. I remember... Chile being eliminated there after hitting the crossbar late in extra time and then losing in penalties, and then that Colombia disallowed goal as well. But I agree; I think Colombia could win that Group H. Um, however, I, I I think the the Robert Lewandowski wildcard is 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 big enough to where I'm not going to bet Colombia to win that game. Um, I think in a good day, Lewandowski can really decide a game, and I think we saw that on the, the friendly Poland Just Play where Lewandowski scored a couple in 32 minutes and basically decided the game. So uh, that's going to be a very interesting group. Uh, maybe we can go back to the first game, Nick. What do you think about that Group A? Um, Thursday opens up with Russia and Saudi Arabia. What do you think about that game?
1: I think you can light that game on fire and forget it ever happened. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I, I broadcast it to the whole world. Uh, group A is the easiest thing I've ever seen. Uh, if Uruguay does not win that group handedly, I will be shocked. Um, those other teams are so far low. Uh, FIFA ranking doesn't mean anything, but Russia, because they were the home seed, get they get a first pot draw. And they are the 67th ranked team or 61st ranked team in the in the world, which is not very good, uh, if you couldn't tell. And then you combine that with an actual pot force team in Saudi Arabia, and Egypt is 30, Uruguay is 16. Um, again, Uruguay with quality, quality players, especially at forward, Cavani and Suarez leading that line. Um, if they don't make mincemeat of this whole group like it would be shocking to me uh so
0: i think this is the one bet we all three of us uh you me and paul who who was the other author in the world cup guide agreed that uruguay to win was probably the best bet on the board it is my biggest bet on the board and uh we got around minus 105 minus 110 that has since moved to the 140s 145 if i recall and so i think we can now uh tell listeners that was one of uh, the, the big bets in the guide. But I agree. I think uh, the other three teams in this group are basically 32 traffic cones and then Salah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. it's, it's
0: that kind of quality of teams. I mean, Russia is really bad, but I think no one knows how big the Putin outreach is. And we don't really know if he's really going to influence referees. Like, I, I, I wish I was saying that as a joke, but I genuinely yeah, it, think that
1: that could it be is, a
0: possibility.
1: It is crazy that we have to worry about that, isn't it? Like, it's unbelievable. Like,
0: but you, forget, you, da, forget you Dan Tan. we got
1: to worry about Putin.
0: You remember that 2002 run by South Korea, right? That, that oh, yeah. Italy game, if, if our listeners haven't. Seen it, you can pull up the, the highlights in YouTube, but that like they stole the game out of Italy, it was it was dirty, just ridiculous. So, yeah. like, I, I really don't know how, how big the, the, the reach of Putin really is, but I don't think the quality of these three teams, uh, namely Egypt, Russia, and Saudi Arabia, is that far apart. I think their talent level is very similar, again, with the exception of Salah. But I'm I'm not sure Salah is going to be healthy. What do you think, Nick? Is he going to play at all? Is he going to be a hundred percent?
1: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting question. Um, and he is like the life, the lifeblood of that team, uh, miles ahead of everyone else. Um, and I I, I personally, uh, coming from my healthcare background, if if it's really just a sprained AC joint, even that, there's no way he can be ready for. Friday, when Egypt plays their first match. There's no way. Um, maybe 10 days after that, when they play their third match, possibly. Um, but it does set up an interesting narrative where, you know, uh, if Egypt needs to three points to advance, uh, because if they pick up a point against Russia and then the third match is against Saudi Arabia, uh, it would be uh, pretty, pretty epic, I think, if he was able to come back And, you know, champion them to victory to get them into the knockout stage. But even, I I just can't really see it.
0: I have to say I'm a little higher on Saudi Arabia than most people. Uh, If you don't know, they're being coached by Juan Antonio Pizzi, who used to coach uh, Chile. And he has kind of implemented the same 4-3-3 system. Uh, And they have some good attack. They have some good passing. They have... Good decision making in the front, which is hard to find in this kind of underdog. So, I I I, I have a feeling I'm going to be on Saudi Arabia uh, at the spread in a couple of these games, and I wouldn't be completely shocked if they made it through the uh, to the other round. Um, that is, of course, a very large uh, underdog. I think they are somewhere close to nine to one or ten to one to advance. But I, I think that could have a chance, again, if the referees are not going to be uh, tainted in the tournament. Let's move on. Uh, what other group do you find intriguing, Nick? Uh,
1: so probably so since the recent development of um, Paulo Guerrero being reinstated to Peru, Group C is super interesting to me um, because Peru is not a bad team. Uh We've, I know the three of us have talked about it. Conmebol qualifying is a, is brutal. Like, the quality is so good amongst all those – like, you know, we have Chile now in the World Cup this year. Like, Chile is a quality team. Um, and So I, Peru, if with their striker there, captain, that can be a huge thing. Um, and there's no reason why they can't advance over a Denmark or an Australia. I'm not sure if it's enough to beat France, but I bet you that they give them their run for their money. Especially with, you know, King Shithead coaching in France, so we'll see. I, but I love that group. I think that th- that will be maybe other than the uh, the Poland Senegal group. I think that this Group C will be super super fun to watch. Australia will probably finish dead last with zero points, but the rest of that should be pretty great. I
0: think all three of us are higher on Peru than market. Uh, I know I am, and it's probably one of the teams I'm most excited to see. Uh, they're just kind of a a, a good a feel good story and uh, a, a, an exciting team to root for. And that Peru Denmark uh, game, to, it is.
1: It's the first one.
0: Yeah, it's their first game on Saturday. It's going to be a pretty interesting game. I'm 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 pretty sure I'm going to watch that one completely. Uh, not that I'm going to try to watch every single game, but I'm sure I'm going to be watching that one. And I agree, yeah. I think Peru could give a pretty good run to Denmark for that qualifying position. And uh, I think it's good that it's the first game so that they can kind of catch up uh, Denmark um, sleeping a little bit. But that Denmark oh, yeah. team is, is, is not bad at all. Um, I think they're very dependent on Eriksen. I just watched them under friendly against Mexico. But they have some quality in, up front. So. Uh, they play smart European, uh, solid foreign back football, and so I I'm really looking forward to the game as a fan. Uh, maybe I, we I think c- to, yeah
1: I think to ahead. piggyback off of that I think uh, especially I mean I'm sure it's all markets, but European teams always get uh, I mean unless you're Brazil you always get a little bit of a price bump you know what I mean because it's Europe, and you see like you know. When Peru and Denmark play, the most recognizable rec- the most recognizable player is going to be Christian Eriksen. And even casual or relatively casual American fans, they know, oh, Christian Eriksen, Tottenham, and they're going to just not think about Peru. So I won't be su- a, a lot of this casual money is going to just discount Peru, and I won't be surprised when that line goes down and Peru comes out with at least a point. So just that two cents on that.
0: Is is Peru Peru were. Your dark horse outside of Colombia, or is there uh, another team that you think has a
1: deep run in them? Uh, so I I'm not sure how Peru will actually do. Um, Colombia definitely I believe in, and I you know I'll put my money where my mouth is with them. If I had to pick another team, and it's not really a big shocker, but it's Uruguay. I I would love to see Uruguay win that group. And I know that they're a recognizable team and not they're going to win Group A. But if even if they play Spain, in, like whoever wins Group B or the runner-up in Group B, Spain uh, with this whole coaching thing now, um, so a little bit of a changing of the guard, or Portugal, who I definitely don't like ever, um, I won't be surprised if they win. And who knows? If they win that, maybe they even beat France in the next round. Like, I don't know. could be cool to watch. So let's go I'll to the
0: group B. Um, what do you think about it? Who do you think in advance? Do you think Spain's a clear favorite here?
1: Uh, I I think so. The markets say the same thing. There I think I believe they were minus two sixty ish the last time I checked. I could be wrong. It might be a little bit closer to two hundred. But that the quote that Spain team, like you could make the United if you took their bench, like the other twelve guys that won't play or start. Uh, for that team and put them on the United States I don't think there's a single player that'd be worse than any of the starters on the United States you know what I mean their depth is incredible they're they're a factory they produce amazing young talent and you know this World Cup is Isco will probably get his first real chance to shine starting every week like it could be fun to watch um and if I'm definitely thinking that they can take over Portugal like Portugal has Ronaldo and yeah, they, like you know the Silvas are good, and they just don't they don't do it for me, man. Our listeners will have to buy our World Cup guide
0: to uh, read what I think about Spain because I have a very particular opinion on that. But let's let's spice it up a little bit. I'm going to disagree with that Uruguay deep run, and I'll tell you why. I am very high on this Morocco team. I think. This is a team that could surprise a lot of people. Their defense is surprisingly good. Uh, They're very well ordered in the back. And then they they thrive off the counter from that. And I think they have a good shot at that second spot in the group. And I think they match up very well with a Uruguay team that kind of likes to sit back as well. So I think that game, uh, that potential Uruguay-Morocco game, would be a one nothing kind of game to either side. And so I think there is a scenario here where this Morocco team could go to the final eight. Uh, that, that could come up as a hot take. But I, I, I think Morocco is the team that's going to surprise people the most. Uh, the one thing I will say is I think this group B is the actual group of dead. Um, I'm very high on Iran as well. Uh, I like what Kados has done with that team. He has been working with it for quite a while now, and so I'm higher on Iran than market and probably most people. So uh, it's a, it's kind of a shame that they're packed with this very good uh, other three teams in Group B. But uh, I think Morocco could surprise some people. What do you
1: think, Nick? Uh, I think that so. I'm first of all. I will definitely. I cannot disagree with what you said about Morocco because mm-hmm. Uruguay. As much as I want to believe in there being this little dark horse run, they are certainly beatable. There is no reason why, you know, it's the World Cup. Anything can happen. And for Morocco to advance, like you said, one nothing, the counter in the 80th minute and the steal one would not surprise me whatsoever. And I would love to watch that and be extremely frustrated the whole time. Uh, but at the same time, I also agree with your Iran, uh, like, thoughts, because if anything, you know, Portugal just won Euro 2016, um, without, with Ronaldo hurt, and, you know, this whole blah, blah, blah about Portugal, uh, you could, if you think that you see Portugal overvalued, there's no reason why, take a goal and a half with Iran or Morocco, like, that could be easy, easy money, and who knows, you never know what you're gonna get. Ronaldo has never been as good with Portugal as he has been for his clubs, um, it's it's certainly not out of the question. I So I agree. I, I think to a certain extent uh, that this Group B has the potential to be extremely, extremely interesting in that regard where all four teams could potentially advance.
0: Iran allowed only two goals in their
1: 10 qualifying
0: games. So uh, this is a, a very good defense and they play with uh, kind of four in the back and then uh, two defensive midfielders and then kind of a 3-1 to top it. So uh, they're pretty quick on the counter. So if, if you if you uh, so if you go out there to attack with no idea, they'll 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 be able to kind of counter and uh, sit back with that good defense. So I, I think there could be angles here in Group B with a lot of unders. Uh Spain's yeah. a very heavy possession team, and that uh, makes them kind of overvalued on the over-under market, but they don't score all that much, and they don't allow the other team to score because they have the ball uh, a lot of the time. So uh, I'll be looking to bet quite a bit of unders in Group B here. Um, I think
1: to, to go with that, you know, the Spain striker situation, I don't know if Diego will really start every match or what. Um, so you're definitely right. Goals could be hard to come by. Um Yeah,
0: I don't know either, but I have a hunch and it
1: includes a bet on the World Cup guide. But
0: again, uh, I'll let listeners buy our guide to uh, find out what I think about Spain. Uh, So maybe let's move on to the favorite. Uh, Brazil is the team with the shortest odds in the tournament. Do you agree, Nate? Do you think they are the favorites?
1: I half agree. (laughs) I don't think that there's enough difference between (laughs) Germany and Brazil to make one the clear favorite. But uh, I think that Brazil has, with their Group E seeding, that side of the bracket would be easier to advance through. So they would have to play Germany in a semifinal. But I I love Tite. I think they're well coached. That team is is very solid. Uh, Neymar hopefully is healthy. I think that's a huge, huge uh, question mark. And then I think the other big question mark is what Gabriel Jesus shows us, or if it's Firmino up front. I, th- I think it will be Jesus, but um, it's, it'll be pretty interesting to see. But even with Willy and Firmino, Jesus, um, Neymar, like that's those are interchangeable parts in my opinion. Uh, other than Neymar, like any three of those guys could play with Neymar, and that's a world-beater team. So yeah, are, are All right. you, are I'll go you? with it.
0: Are you interested in any of the um, Golden Boot odds there with a Brazil forward or with uh, another forward in this
1: tournament? Uh, so I think one of my favorite long shots. I made I made several Golden Boot uh, wagers, but my favorite one has to be Gabriel Jesus at plus sixteen hundred because he's the center forward for a team. Neymar has an unbelievable scoring record. I. I think it was 53 goals in 63 games, something like that, for Brazil. But he, I don't know how he is, how he's going to be. But at that center forward position, especially against, like, Costa Rica, like, I know they had that great run in the last World Cup, but they're not nearly as good as they were. Um, the Ser- If you look at the Serbian defense, they're, like, a bunch of old shits. Like, there's no reason why they can't <laughs> carve them apart. And that would be uh, that would be Jesus' job. I I really wish that he hadn't gotten hurt. City this season because he missed quite a bit of time because I would have loved to see a little bit more from him and see where where he really stands against England like the Premier League uh, as opposed to before but um, that is definitely my favorite golden boot wager Gabriel Jesus plus 1600 Um, so let's talk about that group
0: F and the potential matchup for Brazil advancing the favorite there is Germany Obviously, and I think there's a pretty good chance that they'll win that game. Who do you think comes out of that 2F spot?
1: Well, I'm going to turn this around, and you are Mexican, Stevie. I don't know if you know that, but Mexico is in that group. You tell me.
0: Okay, um, so I think this Mexican squad is better than the squad from four years ago, on which I wasn't very high on. Um, That being said, I expect Germany to get a result on that first game against Mexico. But I think the other two matchups are very favorable for Mexico, particularly the matchup against Korea. And I haven't bet it yet, but I'm pretty sure from where I saw the line that I'm going to be on that Mexico money line against Korea. And so I think it's Mexico over Sweden in that 2F spot. And I think it'll be Korea finishing bottom in that group. Um, but I still haven't really bet anything just because I think Sweden could get a result against Korea, and so the best value could come after the first matchup for the group.
1: Um, I agree. I think that's very smart. What do you... Do, do you think that... So Germany-Mexico is the first game in that group, and they're playing on Sunday, Sunday morning, here yes. in Eastern Standard Time. Do do you think there's any way Mexico steals a point from that match? Because Um, if they do steal a point from that match, it it will end up becoming where, because Mexico can beat Korea, they can beat Sweden. It's going to end up being who scores the most goals. And that Germany team is, you know, they won the world cup in 2014, but there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of kids out there. Like you the starting Timo Werner out there. First, his first world cup and Ozil, Ozil got hurt. I think too, like, or maybe picked up a minor knock, like at, Center attacking mid, like you know, anything could happen. There's not a lot of continuity. Yeah, so in previous uh, squads.
0: I think Mexico could steal point, and I agree. It's not because I am that high on Mexico, but it is because I'm a little low on Germany. Uh, they just managed to win against Saudi Arabia in a friendly two-one, and they didn't look all that sharp. Uh, that being said, this is a team that could turn it on at pretty much any <clears> moment. So I'm not sure if they're slacking on their friendlies, or if they're really struggling to get an identity. Um, But yeah, I think there is a way for Mexico to steal a point here. Uh, It largely depends on tactics. I think, uh, from what I've seen from Mexico, they're going to play with four in the back. I have no real uh, question about that. But my, my I would like to see them against Germany with two defending midfielders instead of one. They have been using a 4-1-2-3, uh, sorry, a 4-1-4-1, four, one, four, one, I guess, with a triangle in the middle with one defensive midfielder and two central midfielders. And I would like to see the triangle kind of turn upside down with two defensive midfielders and just one ahead. To match the Germany 4 2 3 1, which is how they play. And I think if they can do that and uh, they have enough speed, I think the big weakness of this Germany team is on the sides. Uh, Joshua Kimmich kind of goes all out on attack sometimes and forgets to defend. And I think Jonas Hector is probably the worst player in that starting 11. And the big strength <laughs> in Mexico is the players on the side, both Carlos Vela. And Irving Lozano are pretty good uh, from the right and left side, respectively. So I think it's a decent matchup for Mexico if they play two defensive midfielders. Uh, but uh, who is the who is the Mexican wonder kid? Uh, Irving Lozano is his name. He plays from the left wing, and uh, he had an incredible season in the Netherlands, playing for the champions PSV. And I'm pretty sure he's going to end up in either Spain or England, so that's probably the player to watch in Mexico.
1: Okay. All right. I remember reading about it, and I didn't. You know, I'm not that familiar with the Dutch league Eredivisie, uh, so. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. We. Have, I think that. Yeah. I think one of the interesting ahead. things to go with Germany. So. You know, I want you to buy our guide. I can't tell you everything that I want to say, but. Um, I will say one of the biggest problems I have with Germany, they're an excellent team. And there's no reason why they can't win the World Cup. But like we said, there's some pretty important factors going against them. Mostly how young they are or how inexperienced they are. I think Jonas Hector is 27. And he's taking over the Phil role. right? This is just the first World Cup without him. Um, and he's playing for a side that just got relegated to uh, second Bundesliga. Uh, no doubt he's good. He's good enough to start. But, like, there's no reason why – like, Kimmich on the other side, too. Like you said, it's his first World Cup. Like, they can – you can take advantage of that experience. And there's no doubt in my mind that nerves are going to show up at some point, um, whether it's Werner missing an easy tap-in or something in that first match or something, you know, or defensive liabilities on the wing. So I, I personally am super, super excited for that Mexico match. I'm also rooting for you because I want you to be happy. thank you because that's what that's what friends do
0: yeah they I... want they
1: want friends to be happy.
0: thank you, man. I, <laughs> I obviously placed uh, a couple of dollars on a Mexico future just for rooting interest, but uh, i have i have i have to say this is probably the t- the mexico team I'm most excited about, like ever from a world cup, and that is weird because the press is probably on the other side of the spectrum, uh, but I usually have a weird perspective on soccer. And I think they match up well with Brazil in a possible next-round matchup where they could give them some trouble. But that could just be the the, the biased uh, homer in me. So, I don't know. We will see. There's just one group we haven't touched upon yet, Nick, and that is Group D with Argentina, Croatia, Nigeria, and Iceland. What do you think about that one?
1: I think that the—so I, on the other side of the coin, I am so high on Argentina, even without Sergio Romero, and I literally cannot ex- explain it other than I have a massive boner for Messi, and I just have this gut feeling that Argentina is going to have a phenomenal World Cup. I, I just—it's in, it's in me. I can't get rid of it. I can't shake the feeling. Um, and the— Maybe that's a little ludicrous and maybe that's the messy homer in me because fuck Ronaldo. Uh But in real talk, the best – I couldn't believe I did this because this is very not what I look for. I took in Iceland to not get a point uh, prop. I, Iceland took the world by storm in Euros and qualifying and all that shit. Dude, that team is not good. It's crazy to me. And Alfred Fimbogastan is one of my favorite players Mm -hmm. ever for no reason. Absolutely at all. Um, That's my biggest takeaway. Argentina, massive boner. Iceland, zero points.
0: Interesting. Uh, So we disagree very strongly on Argentina. And I wrote the preview for Group B in the guide so you can read my Argentina essay. But I'm not high on this Argentina team at all. And it's kind of Similar to the point you made with Costa Rica, this is a team that does not have a lot of new talent. This is basically the team Mm. four years ago uh, coming in. Plus plus Pavon. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, And that also comes with a lot of players that just haven't gotten minutes. So I'm not sure Sergio Aguero is healthy. I think Iguain is ridiculously bad for a forward <laughs> playing in a top team. Um, Mascherano is going to start every game and he's playing in China now. I, I just don't see it with this Argentinian team. So I'm in the opposite side of the spectrum. And I think there's one or two good matchups for Iceland in this group. Um,
1: they... if, I could inter- if I could interject very quickly. Yes? You're definitely right. I will be very disappointed. In my brain right now, Aguero is fine and I hope to God that he, after the second or third match, I really hope that he's starting over Iguain. Iguain, I forget, they played a friendly like last week and Iguain wasted like eight or nine chances and then got subbed off and Aguero came in and literally scored within like minutes. Like, he is so much better and I understand health is definitely a, a huge concern. Um But they're, that team has talent; they could win. I have a Best huge group.
0: I have a huge problem with the construction of the team, and that is another reason why I'm not high on this team. So you gave out one bet in this group, which was Iceland to win zero points. I'll give one that hasn't moved a lot. I play Argentina does not advance at something like uh, plus five fifty, I think it was, and uh, the construction of this team is is. It's stupid. It's dumb. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they had the Capo Cañonieri in, in Mauro Icardi, who was the perfect replacement at center forward for a team playing with Messi and Dybala. And then they suddenly decided to leave him at home for no reason at all. And then yes. they have huge problems at goalkeeper. Willy Caballero is like 150 years old. He's uh, like 33.
1: 33 uh, years old. Proud Chelsea man. I,
0: I watch pretty much every Tigres game in Liga MX this year, and Aguero Guzman had a horrible year. If they decide to go with him, uh, I just I I don't I don't understand the construction of this team at all, and I am somewhat high on Croatia as I was four years ago. I think they have the talent to make a good deep run, and so I think. Somehow Argentina might not advance from this group, so that's okay. the, that's the one bet I made in this group. It's Argentina does not advance at plus five fifty.
1: I think that to go with Croatia, and Croatia is definitely a good squad. Uh, a lot, I was looking just through like the ages of because sometimes I get confused after watching soccer for so long and seeing kids come in early. That team, this is this might be for like the core of that team, like Modric. Kovacic, like those guys, this might be their last actual World Cup. Like, And they could, this might be it. They, you know, they wake up in the morning and be like, shit, like I better come to work today and play my dick off. So won't be surprised if Croatia wins the group, let's say. Um, But I I just think that Iceland and Nigeria are just not good enough to get by uh, Argentina. But respectfully, you know.
0: No, I understand. I just think the strengths of Iceland kind of match up good with the weaknesses of uh, both Argentina and Nigeria. So that's going to be an interesting group. I think uh, I'm I'm not completely sold on Argentina being that bad. And uh, I think it's weird that you and I disagree so heavily on a team. So I'll be looking forward to seeing their games.
1: Um, Yeah. Fun fact about Iceland. Fun fact about Iceland. Uh, I believe the country is like 330,000 people or something. And uh, they applied for over 250,000 World Cup tickets, which I thought was awesome. It's like 60% of the country wanted to go to the World Cup. That's fucking dope. Good for them.
0: I think ESPN made a documentary about how that came to be, how the supporting group uh, became so big. And it was basically the coach... Literally going to the leader of the supporting group and saying like, hey, we need to do something different. We have a good team and we're going to need some supporters. So we have to figure something out. So uh, try to find that video. It's a a pretty interesting uh, behind the scenes look. And uh, now that we're through all groups, we have been mentioning uh, the World Cup Guide, which is uh, something we put together that is for sale. So do you want to tell a little bit more about it for our listeners, Nick?
1: Uh, yeah, so we uh, this is the second year that the second time we've done this. Uh, our 2010 guide was ridiculously successful. I couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, I believe all three of us predicted the match, the final matchup. We all had the right winner, Germany and Argentina, and we all had Germany winning. Uh, I, I, had I, even,
0: an, I had an Argentina future, but uh, we had three futures in the final because you and Paul had right. Germany futures, and I had an Argentina future. So Did it was.
1: You- Did you have Germany versus Argentina? I had Germany versus Argentina, yes. All right, so we all nailed. So I guess I should say one of our favorite things for the guide is that we picked out uh, specific points for the the markets, for futures markets specifically, pre-tournament, not game-by-game things that we loved. Um, One of them was group winners. For example, Uruguay. We had really strong feelings about a lot of the group winners because we think that that's a lot more uh, exploitable than picking the winner. But we also, like in 2014, uh, we have some pretty strong feelings on what the final will be. So every book online has, uh, you know, it will be X versus Y uh, in the final. And you can get some unreal odds um, on that. And uh, this is another Mm -hmm. year where we all feel pretty strongly about who will be in the final for the most part. Um, So... It's, uh, that's probably one of the biggest selling points. And those futures will be pretty worthless after the World Cup starts. So, um, But we are offering that. Uh, we went through every game. Um, so specifically, like Stevie wrote about Mexico, and he wrote a big thing on Spain. Um, I wrote about uh, Group A, Group G, Group H. And we pretty much covered everything. Um, we tried to find all the strengths and weaknesses, what the best matchups were, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we obviously understand that, you know, it's a pretty big commitment uh, for you guys. And we have a daily newsletter that Stevie and I will be running. Paul will also be contributing to it as well, but only for um, he has specific things that he loves to send out for game by game. So we will be sending out picks for every single night, for every si- whenever we feel like uh, there's a bet to be had. And uh, it's uh, we expect it to be a pretty profitable month. Yeah, so uh, it's over 60
0: pages where we broke down every team. It includes our group bets, our prop bets, our futures. There's a bracket of what we think will happen for the tournament. There is a preview for the venues and the weathers, and it includes pretty much everything you need. And like you said, we'll be putting together a daily newsletter. I will be trying to watch as many of the games as I can. I'll try to do kind of like a... Uh, and after the game uh, breakdown, or if the result was a fair one, if a team deserved better, and kind of like an outlook of the uh, following days' games. So I think it's well worth your money. And uh, if you want to buy it, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at the handicapper. Nick is at squanto8, and Paul is at torsius troll. And you can contact torshoestroll at gmail.com for purchase. Uh, Nick, it was a pleasure talking World Cup soccer with you today. Do you have anything else you'd like to add?
1: Well, I was going to just say thank you. Whoever listens, we appreciate it. Um, Do you have a bet for the first game? I have a bet for the first
0: game. I bet Saudi Arabia plus... I think I can give it out. It has moved substantially, but I think maybe you can look for it live I bet Saudi Arabia plus one and a half, minus 130. Um, Last time I checked, I think it was somewhere close to 155, 160. Um, I think, like I said, there's not much distinguishing these two teams from a talent standpoint. And I do not think, uh, A, that Russia can score twice in this game, B, that they can keep a clean sheet, and C, I have some... Faith that the refereeing would be, won't be completely tainted. And so I think it has a, a pretty good chance at winning. And I'm happy with the closing line value. But maybe if Russia goes ahead, one nothing, you can find it live. Or you can price shop and find it somewhere close to that 130 number.
1: Nice. I took the under already. Okay. I, took very, I took it at half X just because I wanted to get my feet wet. And I'm not, again, not really positive what's going to happen with this whole refereeing situation. So what is the line you got? Uh, I got, I took under two. This was a week and a half. Or no, this is Memorial Day weekend. I took under two plus 115 or 125, something like that. I have to look back. Too many bets since then. <laughs> All the numbers are messed up in my head.
0: Yeah, so I I think we kind of agree with the outlook that under is at 2 plus 125 right now. So that is actually available for the listeners. So there you go. There are a couple of free bets for the opening game there. We kind of gave out a couple of free bets throughout the podcast. And if you want all our bets uh, throughout the tournament, you can buy the guide. Uh, Nick, it was... uh, Yeah, so
1: to mention, I think in our guide we have like... It's like we must have over 50... Uh, Bet we've already made pre-tournament. I think so, so yeah. Yeah, like a lot. So uh, there's definitely a lot to be had there.
0: All right. Uh, Nick, it was uh, great discussing the World Cup with you today.
1: Hey, man, you too. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah.